Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Jeff Clossy. Hey, good morning, Jay. How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? Great. Beautiful morning. It, it is. It. Well, yeah, yesterday it rained all day, Yeah. and I it was kind of awesome. It was. Hey, it was did pleasant. You, did you ever happen? Okay, so here a weird thing happened. Um, weird thing happened on my way to the church today. No, it wasn't today. It was, but yesterday, my dad, I was talking to my dad, and he lives in southern Iowa, most of the year, um, you know, like snowbirds, yeah, you yeah, know, in southern Iowa, um, comes north to Wisconsin right. for the <laughs> summer months. And then. <laughs> no, he really does. I mean, it's just it's, it's intermittent. But anyway, the point being, he was telling me that it was supposed to be um, like 104 a week from Wednesday, and down there, and I was like, oh my goodness. And then, so usually, whenever he complains about the weather, I I tell him what the forecast is up here, especially in the summer. Like if he complains about the heat, obviously. So, so I go on my weather app and I say, well, a week from Wednesday here. And I look at it and it says 104. No. And I was, I thought, yeah. And I thought that can't be right. And I looked at it and I made sure that it was, had refreshed on Peshtigo and, and it had. And so I told Lauren about it later and Lauren said, yeah, someone else posted that like in Indiana, it was going to be like 108. And so then I went back on my weather app and it said like 90 something. So I don't know if if like something went haywire in the National Weather Service somewhere and they all of a sudden were predicting like 200 degree temperatures and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, that's not right. And then everything got corrected and knocked down about 10 degrees. Fixed or their what, algorithm or something. Yeah, like it's it was really weird. So I kind of wanted to, I, if I had known, if I had a time machine, Hopefully I would do something more important than this. But one of the things I might do is go back and be like all my friends, like friends in different parts of the country, be like, hey, quick, look, a week from Wednesday, what, is your, what does the temperature say? And does it seem outlandishly high compared to what you've been doing? Yeah, yesterday was amazing, though, that just gentle rain all day. Yeah. Actually was pleasant. I th- pleasant. Yeah, it was, it was great. And hey, we ha- we're having to hurry and get this done this morning. So we got no wasting time, but that's because you're going to a concert tonight. Yeah. Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World. In Manchester Orchestra. Jimmy Eat World, if you don't know, has uh, been around for quite a while. I last saw them when I was like 21. Yeah. So that's quite the last, a while ago. That's the age that anybody should see them. <laughs> yeah. And that I, I know. We're it. all a bit older now. No, no more after 21. It'll be interesting. Like This will be one of those classic concerts that... So I remember as a kid... Do you remember as a kid that there would be... Um, you know, like our friends' parents would go to like an Aerosmith concert or to you know something like that, and they would all get all dressed up. And like, what did you what did you think of your friends' parents when they would go to a concert like that? Aren't they cool? Is that what you thought? No, yeah. I did not. Yeah, that's not what I thought either. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be it's gonna be a bunch of people who are yeah exactly yeah. all our age. I've got my uh, Further Seems Forever T-shirt on right now, which is another band from that I, era. It I survived this many years. I don't think that we. I don't think that a lower percentage of our um, listening audience has ever been, wait. Engaged? Engaged. Yeah, I think oh, we they're just loving hit, it. If we had real-time algorithms right now, <laughs> it would plummet. This is like, if we, had, if we had data on people skipping ahead, it would be when you said Jimmy Eat World, which my guess is 75 to 80% of the people listening to this have no idea what that even is or that's even a band. Yeah, it's a Maybe band. more. It's a band name. There's no eating involved. No, they, I mean, they were, they were very, um, they were big for a while. They were big. Yeah. And they, and they got popular again recently because they had a, they have a song that's kind of come back. 
hmm. and used a lot, right? Like I what, didn't know that. Yeah. The, the, hey, don't like your you know, cell phone. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, that you were, uh, now uh, is the time uh, when people are fast forwarding. Uh, right uh, now. Uh, <laughs> You remember that song? 30 seconds. It just 30 takes seconds. some time. Little yeah. girl, you're in the middle of in the, the middle. Ride. The song's called The Middle. There you go. Everything, everything will be all right. Everything, everything. Wait, is it just They're fine? probably not going right. to play that. They're, <laughs> they're going to have to. <laughs> they better. I bet they don't want to, but they're going <laughs> to have to. Because everybody's going to, there's going to be people who are brought there and they're going to, who's this band? And they're going to play that and you're going to go, oh, you're those guys. Uh-huh. Which is too bad because, you know, they did a lot of other things. But they did. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Song. So last time I saw them, you know, the iPhone didn't exist yet. So different era and uh, different time in my life. So I'm excited to see them again. What does the iPhone have to do with that? Oh my gosh. Are you going to like hold Pre the and iPhone? post iPhone life is so different. Yeah, but it's, but, but what so does that imagine do a bunch your... of 20 somethings driving. We would drove to Madison yeah. without cell phones. Oh, yeah, with no directions. And maps or anything. Yeah. You know, we yeah. just got there. Yeah. It was a magical I know. experience. So I... I'm just thinking this is so different now. We so we so take for granted how efficiently we can get to places. Oh yeah, but also how little we pay attention now to surroundings of or plan ahead or plan ahead. Yeah, you don't even if something tells you it takes you forty two minutes to get there, you literally like leave forty two minutes before because you're like, well, of course it's forty two minutes. We'll figure it out. It even knows what traffic is going to be like. So, Mm -hmm. and then if it doesn't, if you arrive like two minutes later, you're going ah maps. You're the worst. You didn't know that that person was going to get a flat tire. Anyway, <laughs> you should this, have this has that. nothing to do with anything. Psalm 95. What, Psalm 95, which really, this was, I cheated a lot in this one. What do you mean by that? Well, just that it was, it was not primarily, I mean, Psalm 95, I probably, I probably should have done 150, which was originally what I was going to do. But then I went to Psalm 95 and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run with it. But I basically, it was Psalm 95, 96, 134, 150. I did a little little medley because I wanted to talk about a specific topic, which namely was our our physical bodies during worship and how because I feel like we we address that so rarely, um, and and I think it's an important aspect to address, and and so that's that's why I wanted to do it. So I cheated I cheated and didn't just take one psalm and go verse by verse through the psalm. I I cherry picked a little bit. Well, but I think, I mean, in your defense, if, if you need one. Yes, defend uh, me. It, Psalm 95 is a great example of what you were talking about. The engaging, um, not just, so to me, one of the things that I took from it was that our worship of the living God is not only something that's mental. It's not just something that's happening in our mind. It's something that's meant to be expressed with our body as well and because we are we're physical and non-physical, right? It, it should happen in both places, not just one or the other. And uh, I think Psalm 95 is a great example. And it's such a prominent psalm. Psalm 95 is, is prayed every single day by anyone who prays from like the Book of Common Prayer. That's the daily one that they pray. And in monasteries all over the world, they're doing that every day. And so I, I don't know. I love that one. I'm glad you picked it. I thought this sermon was really important. I think especially for our like church family to be thinking through it. You made the point that on our, our auto, like our singing worship, when we're, we're worshiping God mm-hmm. in song, our voices actually are very engaged. Yeah. Which is really a blessing. It's amazing, you know, just to stop and listen sometimes yeah. like, 
And I love that we get to think together about what does it look like to continue to engage our bodies and to maybe experiment with that yeah. in some new ways. Yeah, I wish I'd had a little bit more time to, I, I mentioned that of how um, how powerful the singing has been, you know, over the, and, and really, you know, we, every church goes through ebbs and flows. But since I got here, even, you know, before I got here, it was actually, Lauren and I will say when we were here on sabbatical, which that's a whole other story. There's so many people now that don't know how we actually ended up here. Whereas for a long time, that was like everybody knew our story. And um, so I'll probably have to share that again at some point. But we were we visited this church when we didn't know anything about this church before they were looking for a pastor or anything when we were on sabbatical and just driving through the area. And when we did, I remember the first thing we both said when we got back out to the car was, wow, they, they sing. And so that's been a, such a powerful ministry of this church. And I think real, and now I think we embrace it more and more that it's not just blessing God or a personal thing with God, but what a blessing it is to people around you. I think people have bought into that more now where you realize, wow, if people around me aren't singing, then I should sing louder because they might, you know, they, they may need, they need me to, to proclaim this. So I think we do that really well. I think we engage with our minds, you know, well, people engage with the message, engage with the songs. Like there's, there's a high engagement there. And then it's just like saying, okay, so where does the body come into that? And just wanting um, to to address that a little bit so that we, cause you know, like when we talk about reading the Bible and we talk about head, heart, hands a lot and how it's all connected and throughout Christian history, there have been, um, attempts to separate those and to, um, put them in a hierarchical, hierarchical order, right? So, um, the simple examples are you have people who will stress the mind and say like, well, it's what you think about God, that that's, that's what matters most. Um, and who cares if you feel, feel it or not. It's like, what's most important is that you hold these beliefs. Um, and then you have other people who are very much into the heart. Like, no, what matters is that your heart is stirred. And, you know, theology is like, man, that's, that's secondary. And thinking about that is like, who cares about all that stuff? Like what matters is, is love. And they define love as this, you know, emotion. And then you have a whole other crew that's going to say, no, what matters is what you do. What matters is, is the physical outworking of all of this. Like, it doesn't matter if you feel like it and it doesn't matter if you even know why, but like the most important is this. And, and what's so interesting in scripture is you see these three components working together all the time. That there's not an A, then B, then C. That it's this circular kind of, um, you know, action that everything is to be engaged. And so, you know, if you think about a simple example of if you're going to go do a service project, well, you want to both, you want to go do it by, you know, by all means. But as you're doing it, you want your heart to be engaged. You want to be looking at, at people with compassion. You want to be filled with joy while you're doing it. You, and part of that is also fed by understanding what it is you're actually doing, you know, understanding how the kingdom functions, understanding the nature and character of God that you're reflecting as you clean up somebody's yard or as you feed, um, serve a meal at the, at the shelter or whatever you're doing. And so it's, we're meant to our, all of those things to always be engaged and to be a, and you know, because we're, we're one, right? Like we're not, we, we don't just have separate parts. We are, it's all, it's all connected. And so 
drawing that into the worship experience and saying, hey, your, your, your minds are engaged. And I think, you know, your hearts are engaged. And then let's let your body also get to be engaged, maybe in a different way. Yeah. And the, the idea that really came through for me early in the sermon was freedom. I, I have a line where all I just wrote was freedom. And the idea that we are not constrained from really expressing fully with our body what our heart is feeling. And and that can go, you know, a couple directions, right? Constrained, it could be that here's what's expected of me now, kind of constraint, and I do this thing. And you said you made that very clear that mm-hmm. what we're not saying is that now is the time in the song where everyone puts their hand up. Because that might not be for different ones of us, what would be an expression of freedom in our worship in that moment, right? right? Um, so that's one way we could be constrained. But the other way is we could just feel embarrassed to do that. Yes. And I think I love the encouragement in our church family to not, we don't need to feel that. We can be us. We can be who we are together. And to me, that is a really beautiful, and I think God is glorified in that as we really use our bodies and our minds and our hearts the way each one of us is wired to um, it, as we worship. There are some people that I know, and I, I bet I would be shocked to see them very emotive as they worship. It yeah. just would feel almost like they weren't being themselves and who I know them to be. But I know for all of us, we can grow in what that looks like. I, so like like you and yeah. me even, like we're different, right? Yes. So the way us worshiping in freedom is going to look different for both of us. And to me, that's the beautiful thing, that we're not prescribing this is how it needs to look. Um, just that it needs to be an expression of who you are in him and what he's doing in your heart. And and I think what you want him to know from you, like I think it was a few weeks ago now where I preached that sermon and I asked the question, what does God think of our worship? Yeah. And does it bless him? So what do you do with... So I think here's here's a tension that I think a lot of people are going to wrestle with. So first of all, the feedback I got, I got a couple of pieces of feedback that was super encouraging because it was essentially this. It was a couple of people saying, I have I have felt constrained. Um, and we're talking about people who have followed Jesus for decades, people who know the gospel, love the gospel, demonstrated in their lives how they love Jesus and they treasure him and they have and expressing I've had a desire to physically respond, but I've just, it's just been so ingrained in me that we don't do that. Right. And so, um, so what was encouraging is this person didn't feel chastised. Like they didn't feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing something wrong or, um, they were just, they felt invited to consider. And it was kind of exciting to them. The idea that they could, that they could express even more, you know? And, um, and that was what I was hoping for. Like I was hoping that nobody felt like, oh, well, the people who raise their hands are just better at worshiping God or they must love Jesus more or anything like that. Like not at, not at all. Um, so that was, I was, I was encouraged because I feel like that did come through. Like I don't feel like there was, um, and obviously there's always going to be different reactions, but I didn't feel like there was a defensiveness or anything because, and, and part of it, I think it helps that that was my journey. You know, like I, I get it. Like I, I, have always, and, and I'm always honestly, even though I'm really outgoing and I get really animated when I'm preaching, people don't realize like, I, I'm also, I also have other times where I'm very reserved. Like I don't, 
I, I don't like, um, I do, it's always been a stretch for me during worship to kind of physically, um, you know, it's in a lot of places, like we go on a roller coaster and I'm not, I'm not a yeller, not a screamer. I don't even put my hands up really. Like I'm just kind of, I'm on a literal roller coaster and a literal, yeah, yeah. A literal roller coaster. So you know how they have those pictures you get off the roller coaster and you get to see the pictures or whatever. I'm like stoic. Everyone else is doing like these, you know, big expressions or whatever. And I'm stoic. I don't know why. I just, I just tend to be, I have a dry sense of humor. I don't laugh out loud a ton. Like I'm, I'm pretty, you know, it's, it's funny to think of me, the guy that like jumps around has, you know, I get really excited about some things. Um, so I, I relate to that and I'm really grateful that that was, that, that, that came across. And so that was a long introduction to this. I kind of, I have a question for you that we didn't, we didn't prep for any of this cause we're just, we're jumping in today, but you said like that freedom to be who you are, but also you kind of alluded to growing in something. So how, how do you do that when you, um, we know that there's the old saying that Jesus loves us where we are, but loves us too much to leave us there kind of idea where it's this tension always in the Christian life that you, who you are right now, God can't love you more than he loves you right now. But he also wants you to grow and you don't grow so that he loves you more. You, he just wants you to experience more joy and um, more fullness of understanding him and loving him. And so we would say that about our minds. And so we would want to encourage people like, Hey, you be who you are. There are people who love to read. And so they're going to devour a ton of books. There are other people that read really slowly and don't love it. It's a, it's an act of discipline to, to read. And so to them, I would say like, yeah, you're not going to read as many books as that person does, but I would still say, stretch yourself, read more then you feel comfortable reading. Um, and I would say that with the physical side, like how do you how do you say both, okay, be who you are, but then how do you guard against the posture of, right, well, and who I am is I'm totally stoic. And so I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit here with a grumpy look on my face and, you know, whatever the body language is, yeah, a classic the like arms crossed, like you let your face know what you're Yeah. Oh, tell your saying. face. Like, yeah. so you're saying like, yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really passionately worshiping uh, right now. Like, Oh, you should tell your face. Yeah. Yeah. You should. <laughs> that's, I'm afraid that's going to take root in some, <laughs> in, in our church vocabulary. So like, how do you, how do you feel that freedom to be who you're wired to be, but also stretch who you are? Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, to me, if I mean, for my own life, it comes from a place of assuming that I don't have it all figured out, assuming that, you know, where I am and where Christ would have me to be more and more like him, that's a journey that's going to take the rest of my life. So I think part of it, is, for me at least, is an attitude of, okay, there's a lot I haven't experienced yet. There's a lot I haven't tried or experimented with yet. I mean, part of the, part of me thinks some of this requires some experimentation in the best sense of the word. So just try something new. Try, you know, if your eyes are always closed during a certain song or maybe open them up and look around. May, you know, if your hands are at your side, maybe stretch them out and just, I, I would say experiment. And part of that is I believe that I am becoming who I am as I grow to be more like Jesus. So like right now I'm me, but I will be more like who I was meant to be the more I become like him. So I guess staying staying where I am isn't really, in my mind, an option. 
in, in the best sense. It's not in a guilt-ridden way. It's in a full of life, experiencing freedom in new ways that I didn't believe was possible. Yeah, how do you, I mean, how do you think about that, Jay? Like the, the growth part of it. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with the experimenting. And here's what's interesting. This is what I, I thought when you said that was there are other areas of engaging with God that experimentation makes total sense to us. So it would not be weird at all to get up there and say, you know, hey, you want to you wanna have some solitude with God. That's really important to withdraw and just have solitude and time with God. And if you don't know what to do during that time, like experiment. You know, try journaling, try reading, you know, some um, written prayers, try reading, you know, reading other things, try like meditation on scripture. Like we would say these things and, and, and just experiment and try. It's going to feel strange at first, but just keep going. So like if somebody said, if you encourage someone to journal their prayers, like if they're struggling in their prayer life, say like, just write out. Write out everything that you're thinking. Just keep a journal. That journal turns into prayer. They would likely say after the first time of doing it, oh, that felt weird. I didn't know what to write. And then we'd say, well, keep trying. You know, experiment in different ways. Get up earlier, sit in a different chair, go somewhere else, and then keep doing it. And then over time, we would expect that to become more normal, and then they would receive the benefits from it. And if we said that on a Sunday morning, no qualms with that at all. Not a single person would would say like, "Well, I feel like that's forced." Like you're, you know, you're forcing somebody to journal. People would be like, "Oh no, that totally makes sense." There's something about the physical worship that to say that. If I said, "Hey, try raising your hands," it's gonna feel weird, but do it like four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And the concern would be that it'd be fake. So I think the experimentation. And so I think one <clears throat> one thing with that which you know you and I had talked briefly about was it's okay to let your body indicate to your heart like remember I said earlier with the hand head heart hands it's not a linear thing all the time there are people who want to make it linear like it's abc it starts with your head then moves to your heart and then flows out through your hands that does happen a lot like I'll read something you know sing a song about god and and the 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 truth of the words, like I think about it and that stirs my heart and then that moves me to raise my hands. That's a totally normal path for that. But also what has happened is I'll read the words. Um, my mind will understand it, but my heart is not stirred by it. And so then I'll raise my hands to, as my body saying like, no, my body knows this is a big deal. And my heart is the slow one. My heart is the slow one to catch up. Sometimes my mind is the slow one to catch up, right? Like I'm, I'm moved by something. I raise my hands and then I'm looking at the lyrics and then I'm processing it. So I don't know what you think about that. Like that's a, that what, what would you say? Would you agree with that? Of like that our bodies can be sometimes they're the front runner. Whereas like. Definitely. I think the idea that it's linear um, just isn't, it's not accurate. I don't think for, I mean, here's the thing. I don't know anyone else's first person experience of themselves, but for myself, at least I know that there are moments where it is more linear, right? It starts with a thinking a certain way or changing a thought. And then it moves into my, um, emotional world and my affections. 
and then to my body. But honestly, a lot of the times for me, a part of my story of kind of discovering written liturgical prayers really helped form this in me that um, about bowing my head during a certain phrase, like there was a certain phrase as I was learning to pray with the Book of Common Prayer like a decade ago. Um, after a psalm, it's very common in prayer that in that form to say glory to the Father and glory to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Well, when I started praying that with other people, I noticed that they had this habit of when they started that glory to phrase, they would bow like their body, like almost in half, like they'd be sitting and they, mm-hmm. they would bow their head till their face was facing the ground and then slowly come up. And for me, like in, in the background I'm from, which is much like faith church, that was not part of my prayer experience. You'd bow your head at the beginning and at the end you, you know, raise up. But so I started to experiment with that. And I found on the days where I was not feeling reverence towards God, I wasn't acknowledging his kingship and his lordship over me that act of actually Mm. intentionally bowing, even though that wasn't spontaneous, that was like at a certain point I did that. It wasn't spontaneity. It did help my heart catch up with what was going on around me and the actions I was taking. So I do think, you know, a raising of a hand or even like you mentioned, uh, you did a funny bit about being a receptive posture versus a giving posture. Mm, I can't remember how you said that, but even just holding your hands out in your lap with your palms up, while you're praying can be really significant because you're, you're acknowledging in that moment that in in the space that you're inhabiting, God is in that space with you. And, and just the action our our, I think our whole being needs that because we aren't just mental beings. We're meant to be bodily and everything else we do is with our body, right? We live in the world with our body. Um, So yeah, I, I would encourage people that especially in the moments where things feel dry yeah. That's, I think, a time where God gave us bodies to lean into. And, and in that moment, when you say, I'm going to choose to do this thing so that my heart can catch up, that's my hope, that is actually a really powerful use of the, the will God gave you in obeying him. You're, you're basically saying, I will do what is in my power by his grace to worship him, and I will trust that he's going to meet me in that moment, and he'll be there with me as I do that. Because to me, the miraculous thing is when we think those thoughts, that's his grace, yeah. right? That is him and his spirit in our heart, like causing us to want to worship him in fullness and freedom. And that's an amazing gift. So yeah, I would say don't nest, don't wait for your heart to, to tell your body, right. move. Yeah, if your heart tells your body to move, then move. Exactly. Like, as, if you're stirred and you do it, great. But don't be afraid to do the opposite and and here's the thing too and i didn't get negative feedback about that but i'm also anticipating how i would feel hearing that mm-hmm. especially you know where i was for a long time i think i would have been concerned again about emotionalism about showiness about um fake you know fake displays um but but here's the thing i i don't remember how long ago it was i talked about how i i had heard or read or seen something about the 22nd hug Hmm. You know, and how you really need 20 seconds of like in a hug to feel, to really feel a, a shift. And so Lauren and I started doing that with our kids, like when they would be driving us crazy, you know, and give them a hug. And sometimes if you're, if you're a parent, then you know, sometimes your child drives you crazy. And sometimes you give them a hug and it's kind of a quick, 
mm-hmm. hug or whatever. And so we, for a little while said, you know, no, we're going to do 20 seconds. And so, um, if our, one of our kids was struggling or whatever, we'd hold them and, and hug them for 20 seconds, even our big kids, you know, and, and we would count, you know, we'd like two, three, four, five. And then they, you know, at first they would kind of like, Oh no, 20. And then now they do it sometimes to us, like they'll start mm-hmm. counting, but there is something powerful that happens. And, and here's, here's my point. Like number one, physiologically that stirs our affections. Then and if you don't believe me, try it. If you're a parent, if you're a spouse, like whatever, just hug for 20 seconds and see what happens, you know, at 20 seconds, it will actually affect your heart, you know, in, 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 in the hug. And I said that, and everyone's like, nobody, nobody said like, well, that's, that's forced. That's no, because why? Because the reality is like, take the parent child relationship, for example, the truth is that I love my child. The truth is I would do anything for my child. My heart just is not there in that moment. And so my body is helping my heart lay hold to the reality of what I know is the case. So if it's true there, why not in worship? And so like that's why I gave the example of there are days where I'm singing songs and my mind is saying, like, this is incredible, but my heart is not there. And so I engage my body so that my body is like, hey, this is like like you, what you're saying. I I bow. I'm gonna bow because this is about reverence, and this is right mm-hmm. here. This is about humility, um, and just bowing myself. It, I mentioned how when I get done preaching, how I go and I sit and I and I bow like pretty much every time. I don't remember the last time I didn't do that. And it's it is like a spiritual being spent but it's also a submission it's it's my prayer is in that moment typically lord just use that cuz in my my mind floods and i'm sure it does for you too um but when i get done preaching for example my mind floods with all the things i wish i would have said differently thoughts of like ah oh, you went too long you, you spent too much time on this. You didn't clarify this. People aren't going to understand this. Like my mind floods with all of that stuff. And I just learned a long time ago that the best way to deal with that is to physically sit, physically bow, and just like I'm giving up this gift and saying, Lord, I, I did the best I could in that moment. Take it and use it, you know, however you see fit. And, and I'm praying that the name of Jesus is exalted and that people forget about whether they thought it was a good sermon or not, but that they heard what the Spirit was telling them. So I think the physical doing that act, if I waited, if I got done with a sermon and I waited for my heart to want to do that, I probably wouldn't do it. I'd probably actually go spiral into a lot of self-criticism and insecurity and concern and worry. But instead my body's like, nope, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is bowing before the Lord and surrendering this to him. And so I think it's totally, it's good and right. Here's the key is don't just stay with the physical. Don't settle for just your body being engaged. Mm -hmm. So you want those other things to be, you want everything to be engaged. And just like if you're reading theology, don't settle for your mind to just be engaged. It should stir your heart. If you are, um, singing, don't settle for just your voice being like just singing the song. Let your mind and your heart be engaged in that. Let it be, 
let it be a service to your mind and your heart to engage you holistically so that we are really are loving the Lord our God with our whole mind and body and soul and like we're just all of us right like so I think that's that's the concern ultimately because the fear is well if I just do this but I don't feel it then that's hypocrisy mm-hmm. or that's like what the Pharisees were talking about no the difference is the Pharisees were doing it so that others would think something was going on in their heart that wasn't going on in their heart and they didn't care they they were not they had, they had abandoned their heart in it and it was all about what you were doing and then being seen as doing the right thing if that's your posture that is sin that is destructive but if your posture is lord i'm singing these things and i believe them but my heart isn't there and so i'm going to lift my hands to you that is a is a beautiful thing and the, the desire that it would that my heart would be stirred and so I think that like that's the part that I feel like is the the concern is is am I am I articulating that does that you make sense? You are, and I I think it's it makes me think of all of that we heard from Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount as teachings that in the kingdom we're not competing with each other, we're not living to compare with each other and to size each other up, so that you know I'm better than you or you're better than me and you know you look more spiritual doing that and than I do and I feel bad like that is not like that's part of what our brokenness can do with it. But if we, if we're worried about that and then we just shut down all physical expression because of that, unfortunately that's it's we're, lo- we're missing out. And that actually doesn't fix that problem because the problem there is something going on in our heart and our mind and, and just stopping it outwardly does not fix it at all. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the worry for some people or they've had experiences where they have felt like this feels so fake, you know, and and they've seen that and that's part of it too, right? We just, we've had experiences and we don't want to repeat that. I do think part of it is there's a um, unspoken rule that for worship to be genuine, it needs to be spontaneous Hmm. as well. And there's no verse that says that. Spontaneity is not... Um, one of like Jesus blessedness. No, uh, you know, you see spontaneous yeah, praise that happens. Right? Spontaneous praise is awesome, but it's not. It's not the only kind of praise. No, it's not. And I think that gets back to the when we've talked about this a lot, and I, I'm so so thankful we do. But why we can pray written prayers and why we can worship with pre-written songs, the songs are not. That's not just spontaneous praise. Now there may be spontaneous praise that comes up, and like you said, that's beautiful, but that's not a requirement for genuine worship to be happening. So deciding ahead of time, I'm going to raise my hands, does it's not spontaneous, that's a decision you're making. But that doesn't mean it's not genuine, right? It's still an act of like in the moment, especially the moment where we're saying my heart needs to catch up with what's happening here. Right. That's to me a, a heartfelt like I'm going to depend on Jesus in this moment. I'm going to take a step of faith. And even if I feel kind of weird, I'm just going to try. And I'm going to just let him do what he wants to do with my mind and my body and my heart. To me, that's beautiful surrender is what that is. And like you said earlier, I love the point that when we're singing and when we're worshiping, obviously God is who we're worshiping, but we're also loving each other as we do that. And that to me is a key part, I think, of all of this. Because if our posture towards each other is not one of competitiveness or comparison, but of, I want to bless you and love you as you worship as well. That cha- I think that helps our heart to go towards something that is actually 
going to be a blessing for us and other people rather than how do I look? What do people think of me? Am I spiritual enough? Like all those questions that I think can come into our mind. If our heart is really going out towards God and towards others, that will help a lot. Yeah, and I think, right. That and and I I keep saying it, but I hope that it really sinks in. Um, that what a blessing that it's the body of Christ together lifting up Christ and worshiping him that is an encouragement. That's why we do corporate worship. That's why your response in a group of people, and we know this in other things, like right. So I, I mentioned going to a football game. Well, people act differently when you're surrounded by eighty thousand Packers fans than you do when you're just sitting at home in your own living room, you know, watching it. At least I do. Yeah. I mean, I I was just, you know, I took Silas down to a soccer match down in Chicago a couple weeks ago, and. When his team, Chelsea, when they scored, like I, I threw up my hands and like yelled, you know, but you know, if I'm sitting at home, like yesterday was the start of the premier league season and Chelsea scored and okay, great. Oh yeah, that's good. You know, it's, it's just different when you're starting. So there's a natural piece of that, that the way we were wired that the community, that's how we stir one another up to good works. Like we, in pursuing Christ, we also encourage others to do that. We we inspire, we motivate, we in, we encourage, we comfort, we do all these things. Very tangibly for me, so talking about like that when I'm done preaching and I, I come and I sit down and I bow my head and I just surrender all of that to the Lord, I cannot tell you how many times the way the Lord has encouraged my heart is the singing of the congregation and if I, especially there have been times where I felt really discouraged, like wiped out and discouraged at the end of it, where I just thought I rambled, I lost people, nobody, like this is, this is the worst, you know, and I'm just surrendering it to the Lord. And, and I know that God's still going to use it the way he's going to use it. But then those are the times where it's, you know, almost without fail, those are the times where the congregation just belts out the response song, you know, and I look up and there's people raising their hands and people that are just being moved by the spirit in that way. And that is such an encouragement. It is so, it's so humbling because it's so, it's such a reminder that it is not about the sermon, right? Like, um, it's so beautiful. It's so stirring. It's, it, it is such a great encouragement to my faith in that moment and I know I'm not alone. Like a lot of people in our church would have the testimony of I I was feeling discouraged in my faith. And then I sat in front of this person who was just belting out this song. Um and and it just was so meaningful. Or taking communion together. I was right? thinking about communion when you were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. This so this week was, you know, nor- typically I'm serving, which I love to serve. I know you do too. I love to be able to give yeah. people Um, But this week I was not, so I was on the receiving end. And I, even just hearing the body of Christ for you, the blood of Christ for you, spoken to me along with brothers and sisters around me, is so meaningful Mm -hmm. to my heart in that moment. Like it's ministering to me in significant ways. And I think that's another example, right? Like that's not all happening just mentally. There's a physical act going on. And even just the receiving of the bread from the person serving it to me is a physical action and then my heart can catch up to it. I mean, it 
Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah, holding the bread. And so what a great example of how God gives us that, knowing he didn't, Jesus, when Jesus says, do this, and every time you do this, do this in remembrance of me, you know, as often as you take it, do it in remembrance of me. He knows that not every time you take it, your heart's going to be there in that moment. That's why there's the consistency of having it and why it was given to us to remember the cross. Because it's a physical act that like our minds and our hearts are conditioned to go there. And that's a gift that he gives us. And one of the ways, one of the reasons why I love the way that we do it is, like you said, then we have the physical act of being served it and given it. And not only that, but then the physical act of other people around the table. And so my guess is most people have had this experience where maybe you go up to the table and you might be feeling a little like routine. But then you're, if you actually do what we, what we encourage people to do, which is look around the table, somebody there is going to be experiencing the fullness of, of what communion is. And that will stir you. Like that is a mm-hmm. blessing. You know, it's like, Again, we see this all the time. So many other, it's not weird at all when we say, hey, well, while one, one is weak, the, another is strong. And so they're going to carry more weight in that moment or whatever. But we somehow don't do that with our, think about that in terms of our emotions and our bodies in, in worship. And so much of it, I think, and the fear, like we said, the, the fear is that we would become fake or, you know, chase emotionalism and go to like manipulating emotions I just, I always want to say that those concerns are legitimate, but the protection against that is not to fall in the other ditch. So we say this a lot. Like, if you're worried about this ditch, I'm probably going to stand there with you and say, yeah, I don't like that ditch either. I don't want us to be in that ditch. But the safest place to be from that is not in the other ditch. And so, that's what the Pharisees often did. Like, this is what we're afraid of doing. And so we're going to remove ourselves as far as possible. But that just puts you in a different ditch, which can be a ditch of stoicism, which leads to hard-heartedness. And so I don't think anybody who says, like, yeah, none of us want to be a fake emotionalistic, kind of emotionalism-driven, manipulative church on Sunday morning. We would never want somebody to come in and go, oh, my gosh, this feels so fake like mm-hmm. you'd mentioned yes but we also don't want to be we don't want to go so far in the other direction where people come in and think like do you even believe any of this everyone looks really grumpy and bored and how can you be singing these incredible things and praying these incredible things and reading this in in the word and be bored be totally like, unaffected be totally right? unaffected <laughs> that's not better you know, and and certainly anybody that's ever been in any kind of relationship with any other human being, whether it's a friendship or a marriage or whatever, no one would ever say, "Man, the thing I love most." Like nobody's ever going to say, "Man, the thing I love most about my spouse is that they never show any emotion towards me." <laughs> I just it makes me feel so secure and so steady that they are completely void of all emotion. Like that's nobody. Nobody's saying no that. No one says that. Um, but yeah, of course you'd also say on the other end of like if you were if someone is just so profuse like constantly, you know, just pouring out all this stuff, like that would maybe start to feel a little overwhelming and maybe like not so genuine, you know. But but what we want again is going back to that idea of freedom. Um and then to be stretched. 
right? So those are the probably the two things, like going full circle. I just want to encourage people, like like Jeff, like you said, experiment. Mm-hmm. Let your body be engaged. Again, we do that through like with communion. Do the physical act, like notice the physical act of being served the the bread and the juice. Look around the table and let your mind be engaged that, oh, these are actually my brothers and sisters. Christ died for us. You know, Christ, it's his blood that buys us back, that redeems us and forms us as a family. To, and then to let your heart be stirred in that act as you're physically together, right? Like, so we crowd around the table for a real purpose. We don't have stalls to keep distance, we want people to be shoulder to shoulder. We want people to, to like have that physical connection um, because it's a reminder that we are one body, right? Like we are in, in Christ, we are his body. And um, so we want people to be reminded of that. And so I just hope that going forward, what would be really encouraging to me um, is that our, that we sense a growing freedom to respond with our bodies, to engage our bodies in worship. Um, and that, but also freedom that knowing again, different personalities, people are going to be doing that at a different pace. Um, and, and that's, that's all awesome. And it's all beautiful as you know, for just growing in that, in that direction of just authentically worshiping God for his glory and for our joy and for, to be a blessing to one another. Because that's why we get together. That's why he commands us together to sing, like lifting up our voices together. We aren't meant to just do that alone. Like alone's important, but together is important also. Yeah, the the blessing of sharing in it with each other and of pulling each other along. Just like just like our body can help our heart catch up in those moments. And sometimes it's our heart that helps our body catch up. We also I think do that for each other, right? When we worship together and, you know, one thing that came to my mind, Jay, as you were saying that, that like experimenting and I, you know, right now we stand for a reason, right? When we sing and that actually is a bodily yeah. action, Yep. but there may be some people for whom that like this next Sunday, there's like part of a song where they need to sit for a minute and be with Jesus in that moment. Like you, you described that, like when you come down from preaching um, that you're doing that and, I guess we just want to make sure people know there's freedom yeah. for all for that as well. Like that's not a super emotive expression, but it might be where you're, where you need to be yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that goes to that freedom piece. It just ultimately we just want hearts that are pursuing Christ and understanding that every Sunday, for example, like we always point out, not everybody there is actually worshiping Christ. There are, there's many people every Sunday who are seeking or they're curious or they got dragged there then they and they don't believe and that's one of the things that that I want them to feel freedom to they, they I don't want them going through the motions and so it's not weird to to just respond how you're you know to sit there and to contemplate and consider but then for us who are Christ worshipers it's it's a testimony. It's not only an encouragement to one another, but it's a testimony to those who are seeking. Because when they see it, when they see authentic response like that, um, just like you see, if when I see a kid, what, what do you think when you see a, a small child? If their you know their dad 
comes in or whatever and the child like runs to them like on a Sunday morning runs to them and jumps and gives them a hug like do you think what it, uh, that he must be a terrible dad yeah like it you're like oh well that you know now whether they are a great dad or not like that isn't going to guarantee it because two and three year olds are sweet and they you know tend to run well they're not always sweet but they there's a lot of emotion like that but it is a test it's a testifying what the child is doing in that moment is testifying this is my dad i really love him i'm really excited to see him he's great and it kind of makes you think like ah yeah maybe i should get to know him too and there's a there's an element of that in our worship that when we're worshiping god and you know whether our hands are raised or there's emotion coming out of us whether it's like joy or or peace or or if it's tears if it's um, you, you know, for kneeling, any of these things that happen, it is a testimony to those who are seeking. They look at that and they say, okay, your connection, whoever God is, your connection with him seems to be really powerful. And I'd like, I, I'm, that makes it more intriguing. I'd like to know that. Um, as opposed to if we look bored, well, then why would somebody, why is somebody going to be interested in something that everyone's really bored about, you know, or sees as like, uh, I got to go be at church again. And now's the time we stand up, you know, I get through this. I got to get through this. So, so anyway, that's all. It's just another reminder of how important community is and, um, our desire to not only connect people with God, which is obviously our, our first desire, but that we would be connected to one another. So, um, church, I hope we can do that. And if you're listening to this podcast, like just lead the way in this. And if, um, and I didn't mention this on Sunday, but one last thing I would say is we have people who come from different backgrounds where they're used to this. They're used to raising their hands. And I've had people say, I just, I feel like I'm not supposed to do that. That's what I would love to move away from. I want people to feel that freedom. And so people feel the freedom to raise their hands and to do all that. And I, and so, so you can encourage that. Um, in each other and be a blessing to one another. Um, and then as you are walking, as if you want to process this more, or if you have questions, please never hesitate to let us know. Talk to us on a Sunday, email us at connect at um, or give us a call. We would love to walk with you, connect with you, hear your story, um, and help you figure out what it looks like to live as God's family on mission. So we appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. And uh, hopefully it's been helpful. Until next time, grace and peace. Mm-hmm.